So we're in a series, a little Advent series, called, uh, I've called it Humble King. Today we're going to talk about joy, so it's the Humble King of Joy. Uh, in this series already we've talked about peace and we've talked about hope. We actually started with hope a couple of weeks ago, the, the hope we have in, in our eternity. I wanted to say this, so I'm going to stop. Speaking of eternity, so our friend Mark Hartley, he, he went to be with Jesus this week. And his family's here now. And if you get a chance, uh, you know, at some point, just love on them in the process. I've watched some of you doing that already. Uh, but but I, I, I was with Mark a few weeks ago. I went and visited. Douglas and I went to the hospital and we were talking to him. And uh, he was so settled in what was coming in his relationship with Jesus. And he was going to be with him face to face. And, uh, I, I, you know, even as we talk about joy today, that's one of those things. Even in the loss of not having Mark here, but the joy that I know that he's with Jesus, he's where we want to be, um, brings this amazing peace and comfort. And so, you know, peace to you guys, all right? And uh, we loved Mark, and, and uh, we get to love on him again soon. So, so um, thank you for being here today, and we're praying for all of you, okay? So we talked about, and that's part of it, our hope that, that we have this amazing promise in the future. And so, so that's big. And then uh, last week we talked about peace and, and that we can experience, um, because we're at peace with God, we can experience the peace of God in our lives. And that helps us to experience peace with others. And so that's significant as well. And today I want to talk about joy. And joy is uh, one of my favorite things. Obviously, I hope it's yours too. Sometimes we misunderstand joy. We confuse it with happiness. I want to talk about that. Um, but, but joy is something that we really have because of the Holy Spirit living in us now as believers in Christ. And I want to tie that all together with you, uh, to, to you if I can today in the little bit of time we have together. Um, that's the intro. Transition always, these were really bad jokes. So they almost booed me out of here last night. But last group was more appreciative, and I keep thinking it's the groups, so I'm happy. I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. <laughs> Talking about going through a hard time, my friend keeps saying, Cheer up, man. It could be worse. You could be stuck underground in a hole full of water. I know he means well. <laughs> I'll do algebra. Tackle geometry, maybe even a little calculus, but graphing is where I draw the line. Okay. Yeah, so. See, those bring me great joy. I like those better than the ones that are actually funny. Scripture reading. We've, we've done this every, we'll do this throughout Advent. I want you to get this. This is huge. Philippians 2. Verses 1 through 11. Therefore, if you have any encouragement, I clicked too quick, from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset or attitude as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped or used to his own advantage. Uh, rather, 
being made in, in uh, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death even death on a cross therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess or acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father blessed be the word of the Lord so we're looking at that passage every week it's such a powerful passage about the coming of Jesus and that's what Advent means it's about the coming of Jesus it's it's what we celebrate this time of year and uh, you know I hope you're reading through the Christmas stories in the Gospels this time of year as you get a chance and you're reading about you know the birth of Jesus with Mary and the angels coming and the angels singing you know, I would say this morning as we were singing, we had a little angelic choir join in with us. I don't know if you were experiencing it, but I sure was. And uh, there was something going on. And, and that happens. And the, the angels show up and they sing. And, and there's just all these amazing things that are taking place with the shepherds and everything in the story. And, and like one of the things that, that's common throughout the Christmas story is that like everybody's experiencing joy. Except maybe for Herod. But that's another part of the story altogether. So... That was actually pretty funny, but you can get to that later. I, I know you probably, you didn't laugh because you want to make sure you don't miss anything. Um, joy is a common theme. And yet, there's, a, there's like a lack of joy in the world today. I think it's, a, it's something that we're not experiencing the way that we should and the way that we're supposed to in the process. And, and so, uh, I want us to know that, you know, that that um, the reason is we're usually looking at it in the wrong way. We don't fully understand what joy is. And so I want to talk about that with you. Joy in the gospel, uh, the greatest joy that you'll ever experience is what happens in your life when you come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior and the Holy Spirit dwells in you. It's the ongoing uh, presence of God in your life who is indeed joy himself. In Luke 2, 8 through 14, it says, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Good news is what he brings. For unto you, this is the good news is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. I bring you tidings of great joy. Jesus entering the scene, Jesus coming is good news. And so to, to experience this joy, we, we need to understand what it is and we need to talk about it a little bit. And the first thing that we have to do is we have to fix our eyes on Jesus. That's, that's the, the, where it starts. We get our focus on Jesus. I think, uh, you know, just as an example, this year, 
And, and, and as believers, you know, we get that this is about the birth of Jesus. And yet it's very easy to get sidetracked with everything else that's going on. Just the busyness and all the extra things that kind of happen this time of year. Um, we can almost forget the reason of why we're actually doing it. And, and the, the bigger purpose is that we're celebrating Jesus and, and what he's done and that he's come and his arrival on the scene. And what it means to us and into our lives. And, and so when, we, when we're focusing on Jesus, we're not only thinking about him as the, as the baby in the, in the manger, but we're we're thinking about him as the savior in our heart, as the one who came and, and lived a perfect life for us and willingly went to the cross and exchanged his life for ours, that we could be reconciled to God forever on this journey. And, and, and that message, just the understanding of the good news brings joy into our lives. Paul said, Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live Uh, In the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The the idea, the understanding, this good news that was for all people has impacted us in our lives is a place of of where we experience joy in, in the process. But what is it? I think that's a big question, point number two. What is joy? Lots of definitions of joy. This is the one I like. Joy is is a deep, durable delight in God. A deep, durable delight in God. And when you experience it, it ruins you for everything else. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like this relationship that we have with God. There's nothing else in the world. Everything else really pales in comparison to that. And when we get that, it changes our perspective on how we look at everything else. Now, where the confusion often comes is we confuse uh, Joy with happiness. And they're two different things. Happiness, and don't get me wrong, happiness is a good thing. I like happy. Um, I don't like pretend happy. I don't want it to, you know, fake happy. But happy when it happens, happy is good, right? I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's happy. But by the, the very word itself, happy happens, it comes out of happenstance. It comes from circumstance. And so to be happy, mostly what has to happen is our circumstances have to line up just right for us. And that happens sometimes, but it's not certainly the case all the time. It's a fallen world, a broken planet. We deal with difficult things. We have hard things that happen to us. And, and to say that we're happy in those would be foolish because we're not. We're not happy when hard things happen. We're, we're... But joy is different, see? And so don't confuse them. Happiness is based on external things. Joy is an internal thing. Joy is an eternal thing. And, and it's much different. Ultimately, it's, it's about understanding that this is all about uh, we experience joy in God, that God himself, the source of all joy, we're in relationship with him. And it changes things for us. And it changes the way that we look at life in the process. Look at this verse. This is the psalmist. He's getting, he's getting this, that the reality of life is really God himself. It's, 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 uh, you experience him as your exceeding joy. See, that's what we're shooting at. That's what joy is all about. Uh, then I will go to the altar of God, to God, my joy and my delight. My joy and my delight. I'll praise you, God, with the lyre. Oh, God, my God. And so that's the idea, the understanding of joy is this deep, durable delight in God. That's the, the goal of life is to experiencing him as our joy and to know what that means. Well, we have another thing we need to look at. The Apostle Paul's going to say something that we're to experience this joy always. That's a pretty big deal when you look at it. Um, and can we really do that? In the, in the difficulties of life, can we experience this joy that I'm talking about 
always. Paul says in Philippians 4.4, 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. And then he doubles down. I'll say it again, rejoice. When Scripture looks like that, he's saying something. He's making a point. Rejoice in the Lord always. And then you go, yeah, okay. And then he might, no, he goes, really, I mean that. I mean it. Rejoice. Always. We're to experience this. So how do we do that then in the hard things? What does that look like? Is he really saying that we can experience it in the hard stuff of life? Like in those areas in my life, this is point number A, where there's this brokenness that's going on. Can I really experience joy in my brokenness? By that I mean, maybe none of you struggle with this. I know you do, so I don't know why I'm even saying that. Do you ever let the, sometimes the things that we've done in the past steal joy from us because they sort of come up and there's this the shame that comes up or the, oh that shouldn't have happened or I wish that hadn't I hadn't done that or I wish that hadn't happened to me or whatever and we we sort of get stuck back in there it's it's part of our brokenness or even with our present faults the places where we struggle now and and we go I'm, a, I'm just a mess you know how can God love me in this process and I've got these things going on and and can I can I you know how how in the world could I experience joy in those things well, here's what we need to talk about. Philippians 3, 12 through 14. Paul says this. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold for which Christ Jesus, of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Let me, let me tell you what he's describing. Paul is describing the idea of sanctification. So we, we touch on these terms as they relate to salvation all the time. But when you came to Christ, you were saved, you're justified. The other neat thing that happens at that moment is that the Holy Spirit comes and lives in you. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I don't we get all the significance, how amazing this is. Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us. He's leading us through this process of sanctification. It's a process. It's something that's happening in our lives. Ultimately to the place where we're with Him forever. Glorification. We talked about that's hope. But we're in this thing right now. Sanctification. And the Holy Spirit dwells in us. So when we come to give our, our life to Jesus, when you give your life to Jesus, a miracle takes place. You're a new creation. The Bible says that you're made new. It's, it's significant that the old you is gone and you're a new person. You're a brand new creation. It's huge, the impacts of that. But the one thing that hasn't happened is that our minds still need to be renewed and transformed. It says that over and over again throughout the Scripture. So you're a new creation, but your mind hasn't caught up to it yet. It still has big ways of thinking that need to be changed. And that's what the Holy Spirit is really doing in us. It's one of his, he leads and guides us in all truth. You remember reading that about the Holy Spirit? He's in us, and He's helping us renew our minds so that we begin to look at things differently. We begin to see things more like He does. And so we sort of begin to, to match up more with the new creation that we really are. This is the process of sanctification. It's a process. Paul said he hasn't arrived yet. It allows me to struggle and deal and grow with the stuff that still needs to be worked on because I know that he's not expecting me yet to have fully arrived. He wants me on the journey. That's what he's doing. But I can still have room to, to make, you know, mess up sometimes and not allow the enemy to beat me to death with it because that just takes me away from the whole process. You're in process. 
You can experience joy in the midst of the mess that you've made or that things are still going on because you know that He's with you and that He's for you and that He's got you and He dwells in you and He loves you and He cares for you and He wants you to have the best possible life that you can have. And He's amazing. And that never stops and it never changes. And, and so we have that now, this joy of the Holy Spirit in us. And, and it begins to change everything. I have a clip I want to show you. Um, this video clip, it's out of uh, the very deeply theological movie uh, Charlie Brown Christmas special. I love this. I've shown it to you before, but I, I went back and looked. I checked my... I haven't shown it since 2016. So uh, three years, you've all forgotten it by now. Why this always speaks to me so powerfully as a kid growing up, I always I made a point of watching this. It was harder back then, too, for those of you younger than me. You couldn't just pick a time and watch it whenever you wanted. It showed once a year, you better be home. Because uh, if you missed it, you missed it for a year. You had no, there was no coming back. We watched it, and, and I always enjoyed it. But I'm going to show you a clip where Linus is preaching good news. He's reading the scripture. He's actually reading the verse that I read you out of Luke earlier. It's such a powerful verse. And after I came to know Jesus, because we didn't go to church back then, I, I realized that verse resonated with me so significantly because there was God making his way into my world, even though there, there wasn't a whole lot of ways in, to make sure I knew the good news. Powerful passage. still impacts me to this day when I read it, but when I watch it and listen to it. But I want you to see something. Charles Schultz, who wrote it, was a believer, strong believer. And it, when you start reading Peanuts, I actually have a great big book of them, you can see him talking about Jesus in there, sometimes overtly. Most of the time he's making these inferences right underneath, that when you're looking for him, you see them. Well, Linus is going to share this scripture. Remember, Linus is the one that always has a security blanket, won't go anywhere with it. He's going to read this scripture. Watch what happens to the blanket when he reads the words, fear not. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Now, see, there's something. When he's preaching the good news... He drops that old security blanket that he's been carrying around forever. There's something about the good news that allows us to drop the false security that we've been hanging on to so tightly so that we can trust and cling to him instead, which is a great story. And I believe it's in there on purpose. But then you watch at the end, he picks the silly blanket back up. And you think, well, that ruins the story. But it doesn't. It makes the story even better. Because here's what happens with us. It describes sanctification. See, we come and know Jesus. It's good news. We get it. Things start to change, and we're happy about that. But we have a tendency to go back to, to pick up old things once again, and try and keep them in, in the walk that we're doing. And it's a process that we learn to get through over time. And 
it doesn't end there. If you get a chance, go back and watch his special this week. Because there's something else that happened with the blanket. You may not see it because you probably weren't looking for it. But right after that, the things change. And it becomes about the really ugly Christmas tree that Charlie Brown picks out, right? And he's walking off by himself. And the music is starting to play in the background. And it's the notes for Old Christmas Tree. But then they read that verse again in the background. And everything changes. Even the background music changes. It goes from Old Christmas Tree to Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the Newborn King. That's playing. And, and the kids all come out. And that's what they sing. Very powerful to be happening over on TV. Hark the Herald Angels Sing. This happened. And Linus does something with the blanket. Again, you know what he does? He wraps it around the base of the Christmas tree. And he leaves it there forever. And it's a picture of, of ultimately and finally leaving everything at the foot of the cross. And that that's the process that we're in now. That's sanctification. That's why we have joy now in the midst of hard things that are going on. And so you need to know that even in the mess of things, you're in process. It's good. Grace to you. You can have joy in that whole thing. B, I want to cover B and C real quick. So here we go. In my grumpiness. Can I experience joy in my grumpiness? Anybody here ever grumpy? Maybe I don't need to cover this point. Some people, it's just kind of where they rest. And I want to tell you, look, you don't need to be grumpy. I have a friend who's, um, this is kind of funny, his resting face is grumpy. And he, he knows it, and it keeps people away. They don't approach him because he looks really grumpy, when in fact he's not grumpy. But I love this. He told me that what will happen is his wife will text him on the phone in a, when he's got the grumpy face on and he's not realizing it, and she'll text, smile. <laughs> Isn't that great? And he goes, oh, yeah. No, oh, it's not grumpy. I can be grumpy sometimes. But, nah. At home, if, if, here's something I've learned. It took me a long time to learn this, but if... 32 years. 32 years. <laughs> if someone's grumpy at my house, you are not allowed to go, wow! <laughs> because it makes it much worse. And I always want to say in my defense, well, you're so not grumpy most of the time. I'm just completely shocked. And out comes a wow. What happens? But we don't need to be grumpy. You know, we, we, have, we have the Holy Spirit. We, we have, it's amazing what happens in this process. Look, look again, this is about being transformed in your mind. Romans 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform uh, to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. I, I, the culture around us is grumpy, and it infects us if we're not careful. We don't need to be. We, we know Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit living in us, so we don't have to experience there. We can experience joy. How about C? In my circumstances... Can I experience joy in my circumstances? No doubt about it. Sometimes our, diff- our circumstances are difficult. Life can be hard. It's a, it's a fallen world. It's a broken planet. Circumstances don't always go the way that we want. But even in hard times, there can be time and a place of rejoicing, experiencing joy in our lives. James 1, 2. I've got to tell you, for years and years and years, I, this verse, I read it. I knew it was true because it's in the book. But I struggle with it. Consider it pure joy... My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. It just, if you think about that, it doesn't seem right, right? It's like, what? Pure joy in the midst of difficult things? Why? Because you know that testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, 
not lacking anything. Years of thinking about that. So let me tell you what I've come to and then I'll stop talking. Um, in our life, we, 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 there's, there's the internal us and there's the external things that are going on around us. That's our life. And we spend most of our lives allowing our externals to dictate to our internals. And, and so think about it, you know, things that people say, things that happen, all those things sort of, you know, try and dictate to us how we should feel, what we should experience, what we should think. And so we grow up doing that. It's part of life. It's what you've done your whole life in the process. Now, remember when I said we came to Jesus, an amazing thing happens. We're a new creation. We're brand new, but our mind isn't transformed yet. But the other thing that happens is the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us in here. So now what happens to you is that internally you have someone far more powerful than anything external that can happen, and he's in your internal. So there's a whole new way of looking at life that comes because now we have the Holy Spirit in us. And, and we're, as, as believers who have the Holy Spirit, we're not to allow our externals to determine our internals because we have the Holy Spirit to determine what's going on in here. And that's significant, and, and you need to know why that's significant. See, God, He works on us from the inside out. Too often people come to Jesus and they think, well, now that I'm with Jesus, all my externals are going to be all straightened out. And they get really disappointed. That's not where he begins the process. When God comes to you, when he goes to work on your internals so that your externals become less important. They're, they're not the things that define you anymore. He defines you. You're his Holy Spirit to the point where when you get that, all of a sudden the things that are going on externally, he can actually use you and empower you to go and make a difference in those things. It changes everything. But we're used to allowing our externals to determine our internals. And don't. The, the, the big message of having the Holy Spirit in you is the one who is in you. He that is in you is greater than he who is in the world. You have the Holy Spirit. And that changes everything. So even in the midst of circumstances, you can experience joy in all these things. Real joy comes from this living amazing relationship that we have with God in Christ with the Holy Spirit dwelling in us and I want you to think about those things this week and the next week we'll, we'll tie it all together and we'll talk about love and how he's come and what that means in our lives but I'm going to end it there for today ministry team those of you here when you head over to the wall people on the way over that wall are here to pray for you if you need prayer for anything they'll make sure you get it let me pray for you as a group and then we can have breakfast Papa thank you for your amazing love for us. You're such an awesome, awesome, awesome God. Thank you for life, now and forever. Thank you for living in us. Holy Spirit, changing everything. And, and as you continue to change us, let it impact the world around us for you. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area. Let hundreds and thousands of people come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We pray for every church in this area, God, where your word is preached. Ask that you would bless them abundantly with everything they need to fulfill the mission you've given them. We ask for your continued abundant blessing on us, God, to fulfill the mission you've given us of one more. Just one more lost child back to you, Dad. Just one more. Thank you so much for including us in your story here in this time and place. You are such an awesome, awesome God. If you need prayer this morning for anything, let someone pray for you. Healing, relationships, problems, finances, situations. If you just, maybe you need a little joy boost today. Let somebody pray for you. There's some of you, there's several of you need to go and do that. It's, it's, you need a little joy boost. Let someone pray for you. And if you don't know Jesus, 
as your Lord and Savior. Let's take care of that today too. It's humility and faith. In humility, it's just admitting to God, you're broken like all the rest of us. You've sinned. Asking God to forgive you what you do. And then in faith, inviting and accepting Jesus into your heart and life as Lord and Savior. If you've never prayed a prayer like that, do it today. Best decision you will ever make in your life. It's a prayer you can pray. You just go and ask somebody over there, I want to know Jesus and they'll help you with it. So if you need prayer for any of those things, make sure you get them today. If you're going to stay and have breakfast, Lord, thank you for the food you provided. Bless that. Everybody makes it possible. Draw people in, Lord, for the 11 o'clock service. And back to night watch tonight so we can know your amazing love even more. You are an awesome God. Praise God from whom all bless. today. May the Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He be gracious to you and give you peace. And go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Remember, be thankful for five things. Encourage two people so we can get one lost child back to dad. Prayer is there. Lunch will be, our breakfast will be back there. As you go, drive safely. Be kind to one another in the parking lot. Have a great day. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. See you later. Bye. Thanks for watching this broadcast from Keys Vineyard Community Church in Big Pine Key, Florida. Be sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.